Welcome to Chief Chat, the official podcast of the Army and Air Force Exchange Service, the Department of Defense's largest retailer. Chief Master Sergeant Kevin Osby, the exchange's senior enlisted advisor, discusses readiness, resiliency, and your exchange benefit with military leaders, Hollywood A-listers, athletes, and more. What is up, my exchange family from all over the world, and thank you for tuning in to another episode of Chief Chat. My name is Chief Master Sergeant Kevin Osby, and I'm your Senior Enlisted Advisor for the Army and Air Force Exchange Service. It is such an honor to have our guest with us today. He enlisted in the Air Force in 1990 and has deployed in support of Allied Force, Iraqi Freedom, Enduring Freedom, and Unified Protector. Now he's the personal advisor to the Chief of Space Operations and the Secretary of the Air Force on all issues regarding the welfare, readiness, morale, proper utilization, and development of the U.S. Space Force. Please help us welcome the first Senior Enlisted Advisor of the United States Space Force, Chief Master Sergeant Roger Toberman. Hey. Thanks, guys. You know, I'll, I'll tell you, um, thank you, maybe most importantly, for truncating my uh, biography a little bit, because uh, sometimes when people read the whole thing and you just feel so old, and uh, and so I appreciate that you, you left out a lot of the parts and, and made me feel better about myself, but uh, great to be here with you guys, and, and uh, you know, and before I forget, thanks for everything that you do. Um, uh, in your business, which is just so important to us. There's a lot of reasons, uh, a lot of mission reasons that guardians or airmen or soldiers will will uh, go to war. But uh, but what keeps people around is our way of life and, and the experience that we deliver um, to them and to their loved ones. And you guys are such an important part of that. And so just thanks for everything that APES does uh, for everyone. Uh, really, truly I'm a big fan, and uh, I'm also pretty lazy, so I'm always just going down the street, like, well, why go out the gate and try to find something else? Like, I really just feel so uh, happy that you guys are, are around, so thanks uh, from the bottom of my heart for everything you do. So it, it's funny you say that, because we had uh, Lou Diamond Phillips on the show yesterday, and uh, <laughs> we started reading out all his credits, and he's like, yeah, my IMDb, it gets real boring after a while. You just start reading and reading and reading, because he, he's been acting for over, like, 40-something years, and so... He's like, yeah, I don't like when people, you know, say all these different things. So thank you, Lou Diamond Phillips, for, for uh, making sure that we're clear, concise on uh, on our guests. So. Did you mention La Bamba, though? When, when, uh, was that part of his uh, bio that you did read? Oh, La Bamba was the first thing. I even made a reference to La Bamba because, like, I, that's my, like, one of my favorite movies of all time. And so uh, I, I had to, to, to mo mo take a quote from La Bamba, the Not My Richie. Richie, not my Richie. So I, I definitely had to, to let him know. Nice. Good. Uh, Chief Tobin. So just, you know, a, another, you know, great thing about this podcast is educating people. Um, it, is the formal title, should I just call you Chief? Or is there Chief Master Sergeant of Space Force, Senior Listed? Like, what's what's the... the yeah, so, so just, you can call me Chief. You can call, call, you can call me anything. You know, as the saying goes, it's not late to dinner, right? So, yeah. um... <laughs> No, so my rank is Chief Master Sergeant um, for right now. We have not yet um, finalized ranks for the Space Force. And so um, while I still um, am a Chief Master Sergeant, we had to use something in the interim. But because that's a interim rank, um, we did not want to attach it to the, the title of the position. So as you know, the Chief Master of the Air Force, the Sergeant Major of the Army, et cetera. They're all senior enlisted advisors to their service. 
And so I'm the senior enlisted advisor for the United States Space Force. Um, we did not want to um, remove any decision space or be presumptive about uh, ranks. So while I, I go by chief and I'm a chief master sergeant, until we roll out those ranks, um, we're just, we just keep with that generic senior enlisted advisor. Once we do, then you'll be able to call me, you know, chief master sergeant of the Space Force or sergeant major of the Space Force or master chief or whatever we go with, you know, superhero, whatever rank it is um, of, of the Space Force. And so we, we hope that'll be fairly soon. I think uh, hopefully, um, you know, not too far down the road, we'll have that announcement out. So we're looking forward to it. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, Chief Tobin. Chief Guardian. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so Chief Tobin, thank you for uh, spending some time with us today. Uh, just a quick story. I kind of was telling you before we, we went live. Uh, I, I'm, I made chief and I was in the, the DC area. And uh, so before, I think the year after mine, they included all the chiefs in the one big chief orientation in, at Maxwell. But before then, each match time would do their own uh, chief orientation. And uh, uh, my, one of my chief mentors during that course was Chief Tobin. I, I had never seen oh. him before. And, and another one was was uh, Chief Master on Air Force Baz. So, I'm destined for great. I was destined for greatness when I put the freaking rank on because, you know, I got the, the top senior leaders, uh, you know, volunteering their time really to, to, to bring, you know, on board these uh, brand new senior mass sergeants or chief selects or whatever you want to call us at the time uh, so we can be ready for, for uh, what we, our responsibilities of this rank. So I appreciate you for that. Uh, chief Toberman was a, he, he was he was kind of quiet and reserved, but when he talked, you know he's he's the one when 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 a quiet man talks, then you listen. So I I, I picked that up from him, and I could tell that he was an OG in the game because he really spoke from the heart, and, and he really I could just feel uh, the message whenever he spoke. So uh, I appreciate you for that. You're a part of my journey, and I and I appreciate you for that. Oh, thanks, uh, thanks. That's that's great. I'm glad, oh, and and I'm glad that apparently we didn't tell you anything. Uh, too uh, silly or, or wrong. So uh, <laughs> glad to see where you're at. Awesome. So uh, to start off, can you uh, tell us how you and your family have been faring during the pandemic? Yeah, so um, it, it's uh, it's been a, a challenge, like it's been for anyone. I, I've got two uh, adult sons. Uh, one of them's a college student, one of them a small business owner. And so they've gone through the same uh, challenges as both, and in particular, my older son, um, who owns his own business and, and uh, the, the courage um, that he's shown and the positivity through this whole thing has just really been inspirational for me that every time I call, um, so he runs a, a doggy daycare. And so, you know, I called him at the beginning and I said, hey, how's it going? He says, well, we got two kinds of customers. We got people that work every day and bring their dogs to us, or we got people that go on vacation. So pretty much <laughs> none of that is happening. And so here he was, right? Like he had just opened, uh, he'd been in business like five or six months and, um, you know, real, it could have been a real defeatist kind of attitude, but that wasn't what it was. He's like, I remember him telling me, he goes, well, I'm eating a lot more ramen than I, than I was a minute ago, <laughs> but, but things are good. And he's continued to be um, so positive through the whole thing. Although there have been, uh, you know, just a lot of challenges and small businesses are, are challenged and really small businesses are even more challenged because uh, they don't have necessarily professionals to help navigate all the assistance that's available and all that kind of stuff. And so 
uh, bless him, he's been fantastic. And his little brother um, has been a student, right? And shifted to online and did all that stuff and, and uh, managed to graduate and, and get his uh, associate's degree. So now he's starting uh, at a new school to get his, his next two years in. So I'm very proud of both of them. Um, my wife is a, a nurse. And so, you know, we PCS'd in the middle of all this. We, we moved from Colorado Springs to DC right in the middle of all this. And so she had to kind of say goodbye to friends without being able to say goodbye to them like you want and then move and then have to do this job search in the middle of all this. And, and um, it's been, it's been, uh, yeah, it, it, it has not been boring and uh, it has not been easy. But, um, but as uh, personally, you know, the family smiling through it and, and we're, we're very lucky. Um, and uh, again, kind of testament to how well I think the military sets us up for these types of things and, and a life in this business. You know, you kind of look at some of the stuff and go, yeah, I've done this before. I've been through this. It didn't look exactly like this, but that's just a thing and we'll just get through it. So um, I feel like maybe in some ways trained 30 years for 2020. And, uh, and it came and not disappoint, right? Like exactly. live was just like the exercises. Like it's been, it's been a challenge. What you just described, a small business owner, a student, a nurse, and then yourself and a PCS at, during a pandemic, that's pretty much textbook resiliency right there. If you guys were able to pull all, all that off. Absolutely. So hats off. I mean, congratulations. That's, and you're, I can tell like you're radiating positivity right now. So that's you and clearly your, you know, your boys learned from, learned from you and, and were able to carry on that mantle. That's, that's fantastic. Um, I think I'm reflecting positivity. You guys are awesome. Well, you're just fun to talk to. So, um, oh, yeah, thanks. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> I, thought my coke, I thought it was cocoa butter or something. It was just, I was radiating something. Chief, it's, it's that too, Chief. It's that too. So Chief Toberman, can you, can you tell us, you told us a little bit about yourself, but can you tell us about, you know, your military career and then your role in the, in the Space Force? Yeah. So, you know, I came in, uh, I came in uh, the Air Force as a, as a uh, uh, linguist, right? So I was a Chinese linguist way back in the day. Um, in the late nineties, they asked me to learn Albanian, who knew? Um, and, and so I learned Albanian. Um, I, I then started to fly and deploy a lot. Um, you, you, you named off a few of the operations I was a part of. And really, once, once I got tethered to, uh, to the RC-135 community and all of it, I mean, just constantly um, right where everybody needed them. And so uh, we're really, really busy for several years. And, and uh, then I spent a little bit of time with, uh, with the Mighty Compass Call down in uh, Davis Mothman and, and uh, did time there as a group chief and then and then uh, started my command chief gig after that I get in 2013 so it's 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 been a minute maybe the most um, so many things have happened um, I'll tell you the the one piece of experience that I think is really maybe underappreciated is I got to spend um, some time uh, working for the assistant secretary of the Air Force so being on the secretariat and being in the Pentagon, uh, in the middle of, of all kinds of changes that we were going through and working with uh, the chief master of the Air Force at the time, Chief Wright, um, on parental leave policies and, and higher tenure changes and PME changes that we worked with Chief Bass when she was there on the staff. Like all of these things really were good, you know, tools and experiences for me to have that kind of set me up for, for where we're at today. 
And, and certainly that's where I met General Raymond. I, I went off to Air Force Space Command and then he asked me to be at US Space Command. So then all of a sudden this, this person, this, this Intel guy is all of a sudden I'm a, I'm a space guy, right? And so I find myself right in the middle of all of the action. And um, yeah, it, it's, it's been pretty well, especially navigating the, the building. The Pentagon can be um, sort of challenging, right? And, and, um, and so it's, I'm really happy that I've kind of been there before, that I still had some relationships that I hadn't wrecked. And, um, and, to, and to be able to kind of understand um, staff work at the really at the, at the, the highest levels, which um, is important to understand because it's frustrating even when you understand it. Uh, if you don't understand it, it's it's impossibly frustrating. So, yeah. So now here we are, and and we spent a year. Um, kind of step one was how do we kind of get out of the chalks without falling? How do we get a few thousand guardians transferred in? How do we publish our initial doctrine? How do we kind of get some marching orders from the boss? And and how do we um, more or less kind of fence off what what the team, if you will, and say, okay, this is it. This is the team now. Now we've got work to do. And so as year two um, comes comes along, now it's that's it, right? So now we're in. We've got all these excited folks. Now let's go off and do something. So we're, we're excited. I think it's going to be a good year. Um, hopefully uh, the pandemic uh, takes its foot off our throat a little bit and we, we can get to work. But, um, uh, yeah, it's it's been – it has never been boring, not since it started. So, so did you did you know that you were going to join the military come as as a kid, or 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 the circumstances kind of navigate you to? Oh, no. Yeah. So my, uh, you know, it's such a. Um, it's maybe at fundamentally at the core of why I think I continue to serve and why I'm so so happy and so proud to be a part of the military is that I had, uh, as a young man of 22, I guess when I came in, um, I had screwed up my life in just about every imaginable way. I had left my, my home. I drove away from the, from the double wide trailer at 17 years of age and, and, and an incredible journey of several years of just really just one screw up after another and along came uh the united states air force and and i'll never forget because they they wanted me to take this test um for for language aptitude and i'm like well i failed out of high school spanish like i can't be a linguist and and they said we'll take the test anyway and and they came to me and they said oh well you, you did really well like you can be a linguist and i'm like i don't think you were paying attention like i can't be a linguist like i'm not good at this and, but it was this, um, it was this opportunity, right? And, and, and something we're carrying with us today in the Space Force, I, I really, really believe that um, there are ways to see more in people than they even can see in themselves. And if you can find those things and you can, um, and you can get them to believe in themselves and you can deliver, right, on, on their promise, um, Man, they, they're they're on the team. Like you don't have a retention problem. And so much of the reason that I think I'm so happy to serve today and to continue to do this with a smile is because I know where I was headed, and there's no amount of service that will ever 
kind of repay that debt, in, you know, in, in my estimation of my own life. And so, yeah, it's just, uh, uh, it was amazing. It was never the plan. And, and somehow here I was. Yeah, that's awesome. Awesome story. Awesome story. And, and you know, hopefully uh, young, young guardians and, and airmen or, or our service members alone, uh, everybody that's, that's watching can, can draw some inspiration to know that uh, we all start somewhere. And, and so uh, where, where, where we've been um, doesn't, doesn't necessarily uh, show where we're going or where, where we end up at the end of the day. So uh, thank you for sharing that story. Um, so I, I know you're in the Space Force. So how much do you miss the Air Force? I, you, you, so I do, I do know you guys, I'm really jealous of, of the name tapes because I can't see anything uh, when I walk up on somebody. But now, I mean, your name's popping, your rank is popping. Like I, I can, I can see that from here. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, miss, I, you know, I, I don't think I miss, um, I, I still feel in many ways, you know, we're, we're one department. We've got great air force teammates in the building. We've got great, uh, airmen that help enable our space missions at every single um, place where we have guardians. We've got airmen that are helping us. And so I, I still feel in many ways, you know, very much in, in the family. And so it, it's hard to miss because all those good things um, you don't miss, right? Like they're there. I can pick up the phone. I can walk down the hallway and sit with Chief Bass. And I mean, it's just such an incredible um, opportunity. And then the stuff that, that, um, that made you grumpy. Well, you can just say, "Oh, it's not not my thing anymore," right? Like, <laughs> and you can just move on. And so, I I think it's kind of the best of both worlds. Like, there's nothing to miss because um, because I get all the cool stuff and the, so many things, and, and importantly, all the people, right, and the relationships. We still have all of that. And then, if there's some policy or some frustration, we can just be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, well, yeah I, I don't need to do that. I, I'm not going to that, or I'm not going to do that." <laughs> So it's, it's been kind of fun, right? Like it's it's kind of a perfect place to be. Oh, yeah. Eventually, I'll, I'll wake up and we'll have our own policies that will frustrate me, right? But hopefully, <laughs> um, hopefully not. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm just curious to see what your shadow box is going to look like when it's all said and done, man. You, your stuff is going to be all over the place, so it's going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. I try not to think about it. <laughs> And Chief Toberman, as the newest branch of the military, um, can you share with us how large is the current force and how could someone go about becoming a member of the Space Force? Yeah, so um, uh, we're about 2,500, I think. I, I should have checked right before I got on air because it's, it's growing every single day. Um, we expect the next big leap to be next month. So in February is the next big kind of tranches from the Air Force that get the transfer. Um, if you're interested, it kind of depends on kind of where you're at. And so um, if you're an airman, active duty uniform wearing airman today, then your your first chance and currently the, the chance was last May to kind of say, okay, I'm an Intel or cyber uh, engineering acquisition or operations I, I, I want in. Um, and then and then we've been all summer and fall boarding those and selecting those folks and everything. And so, now in February starts when the sovereign Intel acquisition engineering community um, that was that, that were chosen, they get to come in. And so um, that's where we're at. Now, we think there will be future opportunities in the Air Force. We're not exactly sure what those will look like. We're kind of working through that. Um, but what we hope is uh, 
pretty good permeability between the two services kind of forever. And so, um, so that it's easier than, than it would be in, in the other. So that's if you're wearing an Air Force uniform. If you're wearing a uniform of a, of a different service, then um, you always have an opportunity to ask your service for a conditional release to apply to another service. That every service has that option. It's not an option that we talk a lot about. It's not something that's necessarily easy, but it, it exists. What we think will happen is sometime over the next year, um, we'll probably have that a little better kind of out there. So it's a little bit, you know, we live in a, in a one-click world. So we want it to be easy. We also can't harm anybody else's mission, right? So, so we're being careful. But I think we'll see some other services have a, a fairly easy shot to just say, hey, I, I want to do this. Um, we also know that by law, other service missions will transfer, but they can't transfer until after fiscal year 22. So, so those decisions have not been finalized yet, but there will be decisions that say these missions done in these military services are going to come to the Space Force, and then the resources, et cetera, will follow. So then there will be, more like we did with the Air Force, I think there will be a call out in those services. We'll just use the Army as an example to say, okay, this is the number of opportunities. These are the people who would qualify and that there would be a, a fairly easy process to volunteer and, and get vetted for selection. Um, if you're a civilian, uh, a civil servant, then um, you have the same uh, options. The Department of the Air Force um, is the program. So they're right, as you guys know, these are Department of the Air Force civilians. And so they'll cover down on both the Air Force and the Space Force, like Department of the Navy civilians covered on a Marine Corps and, and, and Navy. And so if you're a civil servant, you go through the, the normal hiring processes and those jobs are out there. Or if you're looking for those jobs, um, USA jobs and all, all the normal ways that you would get that civilian employment. If you're looking to enlist or assess as an officer, like off the street, you go to an Air Force recruiter. So the Air Force recruiters know how that works. They're the storefront, if you will. Um, Long-term, I'm not sure that that will always be the process, but for right now, just one of the many, many ways that the United States Air Force is taking great care of us, that it is Air Force recruiters that will point you in the right direction. So you just go into the, you know, to the office at the, at the local strip mall and say, hey, I, I want to go into the Space Force and the Air Force recruiter will, will take care of you. I think that covers pretty much all the different categories. If there's um, one that I missed, just remind me. I'm happy to talk about it. Um, I think Excellent. there's a lot of options. We're looking for talent, that's for sure. Last month, uh, the Space Force celebrated its first birthday. So um, I, I I know when 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 mothers have kids, they don't start claiming years until like they get two years old. So you're like 13 months maybe right now. Um, so how did you got? How did your team mark the occasion? Well, you know, as we talked about, uh, the pandemic kind of put a damper on things a little bit, but. Um, we had some great events and, and, and maybe more than the specific events. Um, what was really cool was uh, we had a little bit of time. And so we've been really, really busy. People ask me, like, what's it like to be, you know, the first or to be part of history or whatever, you know, they use these words. And, and, and my normal response is, well, you know, most days it's a lot like work. Like it's just a lot yeah. of work. Yeah. To work like really, really busy, you know? Um, but the, but the kind of the birthday week before 20 December 
um, offered several opportunities to kind of pause and take in what the significant accomplishments that we had already um, done and then just kind of enjoy the moment and enjoy the um, just the, the feeling like the, to be present in the middle of the history that's being made because most days we don't have time for that, right? Most days we're pretty focused, but we got to uh, rename uh, a couple bases. So Patrick Space Force Base and Cape Canaveral, like they got to come in, we got to meet the vice. In fact, in, in one week, um, in, in three days in a row, uh, right before our birthday, um, we got to visit SpaceX facility and talk to Elon Musk directly about uh, talent management, about space stuff, about all these things. We got to uh, attend a National Space Council meeting with the vice president. We got to rename two bases. And then we got to go to the first ever graduation of basic trainees from basic military training down at Lackland. All these things happened in, in just three days time. It was, uh, and, then, and then it was our birthday. And so, um, yeah, it was, there was really neat things um, that happened and that we got to be a part of. And uh, we got to go to the, the, uh, the White House, which is always an honor. And I mean, it was just really kind of, it was fun to sort of um, just take it in for a week. Man, that's awesome. And, and like I said, from the, from the time that, that you guys started uh, back in 2019, you guys have been Zooming like, just new stuff has been coming, 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 coming. We even had a part on here where we didn't know what to call Space Force uh, members. So we were calling them Space Force personnel. And then I saw I saw the vice president say, hey, they're called guardians. And I sent the text message out. I was like, "We listen, you know, update all the scripts. They're guardians. And so we we wanted to make a big deal here uh, just, just to show you guys love. Yeah, thanks for that. So... So um, as the first senior enlisted advisor for the U.S. Space Force, uh, what initiatives are you working working towards? Like, what is there a particular area you're trying to focus on uh, improving the Space Force's enlisted tier? So, so we've got a lot of uh, larger lines of effort, right? The human capital effort, acquisition effort, uh, organizational effort, um, all of these things. I, I, I would say that um, rather than have uh, individual priorities, I have kind of general um areas where I'm like, yeah, those are the things that I'm kind of paying a little bit of attention to and that we want to make sure that I get to kind of um, throw in two cents. And, and those things in general terms um, are about um, how we uh, develop people and how we invest in the human weapon system, which uh, you may have heard me say before is, I, I think is the most important, right? Like the most important weapon system is the one that lives and breathes. And so I really want to make sure we get that investment in human beings correct. Um, I want to make sure that they feel valued. So anything that comes around to, hey, how do we value our people and make sure that they feel like they've got the meaning um, that, that we've scratched their, you know, their why. And so when they come to work, they know that they're important. They know that they matter. Um, those types of things are, are very important to me. And, um, and certainly the, the the way that um, uh, that we kind of employ them, right? And that we're making sure that that we're capitalizing on the innovation, the imagination, and the real talent that young people, in particular, young people uh, in America, 
have to offer today. Uh, you know, back to my earlier comment, like I, there's just so much unlimited, there's really unlimited potential in America. And I think sometimes, um, I think sometimes young folks get a little bit of a bad rap because they don't look or think like, like we looked and think. Um, but what I see is just incredible talent. Um, and it's just fun to, you know, to be able to um, plan their future with them, right? And that's another thing that's very important to us that every one of these conversations is uh, inclusive and that we're bringing in the thoughts and, and ideas and concerns of everyone. And when you're the size and, and, and uh, scope that we are, you really have an advantage to that end. Like I can literally talk to everyone. And so, so we really try to do that and, and kind of remind people that this is an opportunity for them to be part of their own future and not let somebody else determine it, but that they get to be part of it. And so we're, we're obviously really proud of that and um, uh, excited to see where, where they take themselves. Yeah. And, and you, you just brought up a great, great point about, uh, you know, bashing the, the generation after us or because we, we all had our struggles whenever we, we were with the young generation. And so, uh, you know, saying that, oh, this generation don't do X, Y, and Z. I just don't think that's productive. I think it's, it's, it's all about understanding them, understanding us and us understanding them and, and not saying that uh, because when, when we were 20 or 18, 19, the generation before us was like, oh man, this, you, you know, military is going in hell in a handbasket. Like it's, <laughs> it, it's, it's just, uh, it, it's just like a, it's like a bad heirloom that gets passed on from generation to generation to bash the, the generation after that. So thanks for mentioning that. Yeah, you know, in, in, in technology, there's this concept of leapfrogging, right? Like, like if you get a little bit behind, then you don't even try to catch up. You just go to the next thing, right? Like, okay, I'm not going to try to complete with, compete with Blu-ray discs. I'm just going to go to completely, you yeah. know, need no media at all, right? And I'll just skip that. And so um, what, what's interesting, I think, from a leadership perspective is as you get like super old, right? And as your children grow up, you sort of, you find yourself with the ability to leapfrog and be like, wait a minute, like uh, 10 years ago, you guys were really frustrating because I didn't, I was too old to think like a 20 something and, and my children were too young to be 20 something. So like, it was like, man, how can I wrap my head around you? But now I can just leapfrog. I, and, and I've been calling my children for years, right? Call my sons and go, what, what is this? Like, what, when someone says this, like, what are they talking about? And so you kind of, when you get really old, you get this advantage and you get to kind of be like a, more like a grandparent, right? Like it's all good. You don't yeah. have to deal with the stuff. And the poor master sergeant in the middle, but what have you done? You know, like, <laughs> just like a parent does. Like, why did you promise someday could have ice cream? Like, this is, this is the life you get to lead when you get, you know, when you get really old, it's kind of fun. Yes. Nobody's getting like ice cream. Though. I'm not promising this. <laughs> <ice cream. laughs> For the record, I was like, yeah, I, I kind of want some ice cream. <laughs> Chief Toberman, since the Space Force is such a new branch, I mean, but you are an experienced, talented leader. Can you share some ways your team is trying to maybe do things differently? Um, or can you expand on that a little bit, maybe? Yeah, so I think. Um, one of the ways that um, that we're trying to be different is we're trying to be very flat, and so we're we're um, we work in very um, always kind of in, in this very kind of group centric way. I've got I've got about uh, a dozen, thirteen 
um, chiefs on the staff, both Air Force chiefs and, and Space Force chiefs that work together to kind of planning our future. And every Tuesday they have a call. And so if you're a chief master sergeant in the Space Force anywhere, you can be on that call and the staff is talking to you, right? Like, it's like, hey, this is what we're working. This is what, so it's not this kind of, there's a small group conversation and then it goes to, uh, you know, it filters down to another small group and then another small group. Um, did I lose you guys? No, no. Oh, you got good. us. We got you. Okay. Sorry, my um, my computer decided to lock up, so I don't know if I'm, I thought maybe I lost you. Anyway, so instead of kind of this echelon um, structure of communication, we're just talking to everybody at once. And so, and we think that's really working. We hope that um, that it's resonating like it feels like it's resonating. Sometimes you're not entirely sure, but um, that's an example. Uh, we also, um, you know, we're really trying to give like I said, we're trying to bring the field into every conversation and not rely on our recollection of what it was like to be out there, but to really say, hey, what, our job here on the staff is, is a job of facilitating um, the, the needs and the preference and really to look um, everything that we grew up learning um, as individual leaders about servant leadership about um, being focused on, on nurturing and caring for the, the people assigned to you, I feel those same concepts apply to an institution. So as a higher headquarters, we're trying to invest in our, in our subordinate units, right? We're trying to not, not lord over them, but to enable their greatness. And, and so we're trying, um, uh, they'll, they'll have to decide whether, you know, I don't know what their report card is for us, but that's really what we're trying to do. So um, those are a couple ways. I mean, there's there's a lot of things um, you could probably think of, but uh, off the top of my head, those are a couple. Yeah. So I heard I heard that y'all were uh, kind of doing away with the uh, promotion testing in the space force. Yeah. So um, I, I would say technically that's pre-decisional, but um, that's certainly oh, okay. my preference. And the team is work. Yeah. The, the the team is certainly working that. Um, that direction, right? So we'll have to get a final approval on it, but uh, but for sure, that's what we want to do. We just got to kind of make sure that we can do it, right? And so there's some modeling and different things we got to look at. Uh, here, here's the thing: um, is that in the in the world today, um, just knowing stuff, in other words, knowing information, um, is not nearly as powerful as it used to be, right? Like. Um, because I've got the, I've got all the knowledge in all the history of the world in my hand. And so just exactly. knowing stuff isn't what gives you influence or gives you power. What gives you influence and power is what you can do with that stuff. And so it's about analytical thinking. It's about the way you connect the information. It's about the way you imagine uh, new ways of doing business. And so, um, there are ways to test those types of things, but the, the kind of classic test that we're used to taking is, hey, read a big book, memorize as much as you can, and then come in and, and regurgitate it. Um, we don't see a lot of value in, in that kind of testing for the outcome. Like we don't think that that outcome necessarily matters that much. It, it means you memorize stuff, but because we don't really think memorizing stuff is an important skill today, um, it doesn't give us anything. 
uh, it's certainly a huge investment, right, of people's time in the studying and not just the studying, but we, if we're going to have tests, we're going to write tests, we got to protect tests, we got to give tests, right, and we got to grade tests, and there's all this work that goes into it. And so instead, um, we, we looked at what the Air Force was doing. We really like um, in the Air Force, and I, I, I don't want to speak for the Air Force, but I, I don't think anyone would disagree. The Air Force has been very happy with the, with the boarding to Master Sergeant and the way that that has played out. And we looked at that and because, again, because of our size and scope, we're like, hey, we can do that one step down. So we think we can do promotion boards for E6s. We may be able to do promotion boards for E5s. And so it was really easy to say promotion boards for six through nine. And well, we weren't doing uh, testing for a one to four in the first place. So we only have one grade where we have to really kind of dial in the solution. And there's still a couple options but none of those options are going to be a, a, a test. So whatever we do to get promoted to E5, it's not going to be about um, memorizing a, a bunch of stuff from a book and, uh, and then taking a test. That, that won't be the way forward. Um, anyway, that's, that's where we're at right there. Interestingly, um, there was a long, long time ago, there was a guy uh, named Socrates that you might have heard of, and he – he was against literacy. He didn't want to teach people how to read. And he didn't want to write things down because he felt that real learning was about sharing ideas and having conversation. And he felt that as soon as you started writing stuff down, that learning and knowledge would, would become something different. And it, and it did, right? And then for thousands of years, the, the power now resided in who could remember the most stuff. But now it's shifted again, and now it just really isn't about that. So I, I think it's this interesting kind of historical arc that the power used to be in the people that could formulate ideas and connect things and have meaningful conversations and analytical thought. And then it kind of lost its way for a while, and now I think it's back there again. And so we're excited to be a part of that as the world's first digital service and all that kind of stuff. I'm totally geeked out on it, as you can probably tell. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. Think what, what your ability to think is always going to yeah. get me excited. What, you know, mm, ah, I don't know, like less excited about what, you know, super excited about how you think. So another thing that lots of people are wanting to know about space force uniform so far you've adopted the OCP pattern. Um, can you tell us what variations I know chief mentioned the name tape, um, that you have in the uniform currently, and then what potential changes might come in the future? Yeah, so the OCP um, was kind of the easy uh, choice um, for a, a utility uniform already used by the Army and, and the Air Force, um, or, which means most of the people transferring in would already have, have them purchased and would own them. Um, in, in many ways, it was just, it was the right thing. And we're so small, um, in the, the effort that goes into designing something new and the textiles and everything, it just would have been difficult. So we thought this was easy, but we also knew that we had to distinguish it um, from the other two services. So we, we, um, we looked at a, a few different options. We went with the different color, which was, seemed to be the, the, an obvious thing. Um, and, then, and then the patch configuration is, is of our own. So we We've gone to more of a traditional um, uh, 
Air Force kind of flight suit. We used to wear our flags on our left shoulders of our flights. I guess they probably still do if they wear a, a, a bag. And so kind of a, a throwback a little bit with the colored flag on the left instead of the subdued flag on the right. And then really just different style patches, but essentially in the same kind of place. So pretty similar to the Army OCP and Air Force OCP configuration. And I think we're pretty comfortable. We'll have a uniform board here uh, shortly, and there'll be recommendations from the field. Hey, let's tweak this, tweak that. But I think this is pretty much it. We, we, um, we have not decided our ranks, and, and we have not decided the rank insignia on the enlisted side yet. Um, I would, while technically it hasn't been decided, I would presume that since all the services use the same officer insignia, we would not change that no matter what we called officer ranks, we would use those same insignias. But the Air Force um, insignias that we're essentially using in a different color, that again, that's another interim step so that we could move forward, but we didn't want to um, take away any decision space. So the more kind of Air force it looks, if you will, that it was really, it was my opinion, and we, we talked to experts on it, but that will anchor us, that won't anchor us to anything that we're not already anchored to. We all know what Air Force stripes look like. So so for the most part, mine are a, a, a obviously a little bit different, but very similar to Chief Master on the Air Force's stripes. Uh, and then everyone else on the enlisted side, those are just Air Force stripes for right now in a slightly different color. Um, oh, as soon as we release the ranks, we'll start, uh, uh, the the insignia journey as well, and so hopefully um, we'll we'll be there, and and somebody will be able to go over to the BX and get new stripes from clothing sales. Uh, I think that'll be um, I think that'll be you know within the year. I I hope uh, we're excited about that, and then I think they'll look a little bit different. Well, I know they'll look different. Um, the service dress we've played around with some ideas, but they've really have been on paper. Um, COVID has um, challenged us on the uniform front because it really has hurt the industry and because of uh, the laws and stuff and, and, and supply chain and all this stuff, it really has not been, you know, us doing something new is not nearly as important as missions not breaking and deployment still happening. And so the, the textiles that have remained open and the supply chain that has remained um, through all of this operating, really needed to be able to focus from a military perspective on on making sure that that we didn't break anything. And it's not breaking anything for us to wear Air Force service dress. Um, other than that, I don't think we'll change the service dress until we roll out new service dress, which we intend to do. So there'll be uh, individual service dress. We'll have our own PT gear. That'll come relatively soon as well, I think. And then um, kind of formal dress or mess dress and uh, all, all the accoutrements and all that will, will follow after that. So I think we'll, what you'll see is more or less um, what you see with the, I think with the army and the air force, there, there's an OCP that will be more or less the same. And then the service dresses will be distinct. And I think that's what we'll get to. And hopefully um, we'll get all that rolled out here in the next, uh, in year two. Chief, earlier in the conversation, you had touched on the exchange and the benefit we provide to service members. How how do you feel the exchange can better serve and cater to guardians? Well, to guardians specifically, you know, I, I really think you guys do a, do a great job. Um, you know, I, I um, 
I'm not, I, I think that there might be a little bit of a, um, and I'm not trying to meddle in your business. I'm not sure there's an appreciation for how um, much excitement there is about the Space Force and how widespread Guardians might be. And so like when I go to Peterson to the BX, lots of Space Force swag, right? As would make sense because we know it's kind of a hub. But uh, here at Andrews, I can't get anything. But we've got a fairly decent kind of population around here, right? And then there's all these other people, retired people, so I'm just excited. So uh, I don't know if you need to do it for us, but I I think maybe you might find that, you know, cool uh, Space Force hats and polos might fly off the, the, the rack no matter where those, um, those uh, stores were, not just at the kind of Space Force hubs. Now, like I said, I'm not trying to meddle in your business, and I know you got your own supply chain and all that kind of stuff, but... Space maybe, it up, right? Advice. That's what you're asking. Yeah. Space it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Space it up a little <laughs> That's bit. That's great advice. There are some options <laughs> Love on it. Shop My Exchange. I did check that just right before we went live. And there are some Space Force shirts and swag um, online on Shop My Exchange. Awesome. Thank you for that. But we, yeah, let's we'll take that back to the teams and see what we can get in store. We had heard that Peterson was rocking with the Space Force gear, though. It flies off the shelves, flies off the shelves. Like, I mean, within a day, it'll all be gone. So, um, yeah, for sure. So, so New Year's Eve, we, we got a chance to do, go to the Armed Forces Bowl. And at the Armed Forces Bowl, we got a chance to meet Major General Burt. So Major General Burt, she is a, she is a spark plug, right? And so we, we talked to her. She's like, you guys with the exchange. And she gave us so many ideas on marketing and, and swag. And, and so she's, She's Space Force to the, you know, she like like she 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 enlisted in Space Force 20 years ago before it even was a thing. <laughs> so she absolutely gave us a bunch of feedback about how the stuff is flying off the shelf. And if we had more of it, uh, you know, it'll be to our benefit. So we definitely will take that back to the team um, and, and, and make that recommendation. So thank you for, for kind of, you know, co-signing what she said. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I'm glad because uh, uh, General Burt's not the kind of person that I would not want to be co-signing. Like, she hung me down. So, yeah, uh, she doesn't have a dimmer switch. You know, it's not like your mama's kitchen. Like, it's on or it's off. So, um, and awesome. she also is one of what we call the OGs, right? Like the original guardians. So she's, uh, as you said, been doing this. Uh, from the beginning she's a great leader she's a great uh, officer great and fantastic space operator right so great warfighter and and uh i'm glad you guys got to got to talk with her and chat with her that's awesome yeah we actually booked her for the show so she's gonna actually be on the show uh, uh oh great uh, yeah yeah absolutely but she did she did uh you know when we mentioned that you were going to be on the show man she lit up and she she has all kind of great stuff to say about chief toberman uh she said that you were very um you're a fish whisperer or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So kind of switching gears to, to resiliency and uh, obviously fishing is probably one of your, your things where that, 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 that's where you get your center and your, your calm and your, uh, your demeanor. So uh, can you, can you kind of talk to us about resiliency and how, how important that role plays or, or kind of give some advice on how to stay grounded uh, and taking care of your mental health? Yeah, I think, um, you know, I, there's so many ways. I think you, you have to take it seriously, though. Like, it's not going to happen 
on its own. So yeah, so I'm a, I'm a huge um, fly fisher. I, I, um, I really, you know, I, I'll tell you that um, I think something that maybe people isn't as intuitive as it could be is, uh, you know, if you've got a, a busy mind or anxious mind, or uh, unfortunately, if, if you've got a, a, a wounded mind, um, it, you may just not be able to just relax, right? Like it, it, for some people, they can say, oh, just, you know, meditate or just sit there. And, and some people can do that. And other people, yeah, that's really hard. And so for me um, to go off, you know, far away from everything and with a fly rod in my hand, um, you're surrounded by, by this. Somebody, somebody said once that, that uh, trout only live in beautiful places, right? And so so you go off into the mountains of Colorado, or I go here into the you know Appalachians, and and uh, with a with a fly rod in my hand, and and it offers me an opportunity to be surrounded by this very magical kind of natural world, um, and and yet be very focused on a very specific and and uh, delicate task, right? And so it gives my mind focus while giving my peace, which really really works for me because my head is a mess. And so, um, yeah, so, you know, and, and if you do something long enough and, and, and uh, often enough, you, you know, hopefully if you're being deliberate, you get good at it. So yeah, that's why I'll, I'll share fish pictures with her and she always calls me the fish whisperer. But, um, you know, I think the most important thing about resilience is um, that, you know, I hear people say, oh, I don't have time. I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to take a break and I would offer it. You don't have time not to like it, it, your body um, needs those things to function. Your mind needs those things to function at its fullest and, um, and taking the time to, um, to worry about yourself um, is what gives you the energy is what gives you the time to do everything else. And so I, you know, whatever it is that you do, um, just make sure you're doing it because you really, truly, um, people are counting on you and, and, um, that means you got to kind of be able to count on yourself and you, and you can't do that if you, um, if you neglect yourself well, and that's mental, that's physical, emotional, spiritual, um, the entire comprehensive, um, uh, fitness that all the services and the joint model, they're all a little bit different, but they're all, exactly the same right it's all of this this well-roundedness um it's not just those aren't just talking points like those are really really important and they're natural and normal and um you know like that, that's the other thing it's, it's like the most unnatural and abnormal thing is to work half days someone told me that the other day they said oh we're working half days i'm like what do you mean they're like oh from six to six half a day i'm like yeah like nobody should be working <laughs> half days, right? Like it's not good. Chief Toberman, you're getting an incredible, incredible reception on our live feed. So just want to pause for a second to read um, some of the comments that are coming through. Uh, folks are tuning in from all over. In fact, Joel and Teresa say hello from the North Pole. So I oh, think that's awesome. a first for Chief Chat. I don't know that I've ever seen anybody say they were watching from the North Pole. So that's a first. <laughs> Michael says hello from Germany. Um, we did have a question. When will the first AFIs be deployed to the outer limits? Not sure that you can answer that, but. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we need, like, if we're going to have 
uh, if we're going to have boots on the moon by 2024, so NASA has announced, right, the, uh, the nation's goals uh, like are, are, are permanent manned presence on the moon in 2024. So if we got people up there full time, uh, I don't know, maybe you guys They're need gonna a They're going to need a, little, a little, uh, BX, right? Yeah. Or a shop <laughs> it. I know. I, and I, then, our, our motto is we go where you go. So if, if they're on the moon, we're, we're there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. We'll figure it out. It might be mail order. And we just got to put some APs boxes on the, on the <laughs> rocket. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll work with you. <laughs> and then Patricia from California says, thank you for your service. Oh, well, thanks, Patricia. I really appreciate it. As I said earlier, I really feel like you know, the, the military saved, saved me. Like this is, it's such an imbalanced relationship. And so it's, it's super easy to serve. I, I really appreciate the, the shout. Yeah. I appreciate people are watching. That's pretty awesome. Chief, you've really taken advantage of the power of social media to be able to reach service members and so viewers, they can follow you at, at SEA Space Force on Facebook and at SEA underscore USF on Instagram. Is that, that is that where you at? Or is where you're at these days? Uh, I, I think so. You know, this awesome. is what, well, back to the, the knowledge conversation. Right? I'm like, I don't know. It's all preloaded in my phone. Like, I, think, I, I don't know. It's like your phone number, right? Nobody knows their phone number anymore. I'm like, I don't call me, but uh, I'm sure that whatever the team gave you was correct. Yeah. So I appreciate it. That's we great. love being on the ground. Like it's a, it's a big deal. We, we really, I think, uh, I think there's still a bit of untapped potential on, instagram so we're trying to up our game a little bit so before we say goodbye is there anything else you would like to share with the guardians airmen soldiers sailors marines and coast guard members watching today no hey thanks i i appreciate anytime uh anyone takes a, a minute to to talk to me i appreciate it it's uh it really is a gift and um that i don't take for granted and so uh thanks thanks for uh karen um to to ask me questions thanks for listening to uh answers um yeah, I am. Uh, I'm going to head over uh, across uh, the base in a minute. And uh, Chief Bass and I are doing a joint uh, Facebook Live event uh, this afternoon. So I feel like I'm on TV all day today. But um, <laughs> talking about, uh, this one's w- way fun. And I, I so appreciate you guys. And, and you know, I mean that about uh, uh, about reflection. Like, I, like, it's so easy to talk to you all. And, and, uh, and, and if I seem energetic, it's only because you guys are are good and apparently we got a guardian in waiting so the team will reach out <laughs> and uh we'll figure out how to get you how to bring you on in yeah. <laughs> so, so great so, and I, so i can tell you i'm i'm personally looking forward to, to hearing the conversation between uh you and the chief master in the air force uh, about culture and and inclusiveness and and all those uh topics that like you're saying you, you're pouring into human capital and we definitely appreciate both of you um for for doing that cool so uh Chief Toberman, thank you so much for spending time with us today. It's uh, been truly an honor. Uh, we appreciate you and your support. And thank you for what you do for this great nation. And Semper Supra. Semper Supra. Semper Supra. Bye-bye. <laughs> thank right. you, Chief Chat out. Chief, bye. For more information about your exchange benefit and to shop tax-free for life, visit shopmyexchange.com. To view this episode of Chief Chat or to watch live, visit facebook.com slash shopmyexchange.